Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Wow, what a year it has been. Do you agree with me? I want you to say that with me. Wow, because it has been an amazing year. We have been, as a church, we have been uh, spending the entire year in the Gospel of Luke with our Jesus Project. And uh, if you are just joining us and, and this is your first time, well, you are part of that, that project, that Jesus project. But if you joined us a year ago and you've been walking with us throughout this year or you've jumped into it somewhere in this whole series that we have been in, I just want to applaud you for being a part of this. And, and uh, uh, good job, just good job. You know, this year we have... Uh, written some songs around the Jesus Project, and we have 12 seasons or 12 series that we have had of just looking at the words of Luke and how those words apply into our lives. And probably the one thing we have learned the most is just how the words of Jesus really do impact our lives, even in really difficult times. Now, This year has been a challenging year, right? We've had some challenges in this year. But boy, God's word has really been able to speak to us in those moments. And so today we're going to wrap up this series, uh, The Gospel Project, and we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 24. This is the moment that we call the ascension. And so let's take a look at it. We're going to look at that scripture, Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 50. This is what it says. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. I want you to say that with me. He blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them. So I want you to say that again. He left them and was taken up to heaven. And so they worshiped him and then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. You know, there are three really significant moments in Jesus' life that really gets a whole lot of attention. And we know what these moments are, right? They are his birth, his death, and his resurrection. In fact, we have, we have holidays around each of these moments, right? In his birth, we celebrate Christmas. In his death, we celebrate Good Friday, And in his resurrection, we celebrate Easter. But in the ascension, it doesn't really get a whole lot of attention. It doesn't get a whole lot of focus. And it's unfortunate because this is a, a real significant moment in the life of Jesus that's captured here by Luke in, in chapter 24. You see, this moment is really the last moment that Jesus is going to spend on earth. But it's also the moment that his followers are going to experience for the first time not having his physical presence with them. 
You know, our lives are filled with a whole lot of endings. And probably if we think back over this year of 2020, you probably have some things in your life that may have ended. Perhaps it's a relationship. Perhaps you were in a relationship that just ended and you feel the impact of that. It may have been a a difficult divorce that you've gone through. Perhaps it's a a job loss or, or maybe even something close to home and family where the family bickering has ended the family peace. And, and you know, that's a real moment as we have been closer together in proximity in our homes than perhaps we have had in a long time. Some of us, it's been an ending of good health. And all of these endings that we experience, they can be difficult. When we get to this moment in Luke chapter 24, Everyone gathering with Jesus in those final moments, I don't believe that it was an ending that they had really imagined. In fact, uh, when the followers of Jesus had first begun following him, they had believed that Jesus was actually going to come and, and establish his rule and his kingdom over Israel, and he was going to defeat the Roman government and, and get them out of Israel, And the followers of Jesus really believed, too, that because they had chosen to follow Jesus, that they would actually become the new rulers of this new Roman free Israel. But as we've seen in the story, as we've gone through this in in the book of Luke, that Jesus actually ends up being crucified, and he ends up dying. And then he is resurrected. And so then his followers begin to see things a little bit more clearly, And things begin to seem good again. Jesus, he died, but he came back to life. And so he's with them. And so we read in this moment how this day or, or however many days it took for them to walk to Bethany, you can almost sense that the followers of Jesus in this moment are having a, boy, this feels good again. It's kind of like the good old days when we used to walk with Jesus through the countryside and stop and teach people and visit with people. And I can imagine that moment was a moment when they were feeling that good feeling of just being with Jesus and walking with him again. And some of us probably can relate to this because this past year, how many times have we said, boy, I wish we could just go back to the way things were. Those days when we could gather together and not have to wear masks and we could travel and do all of those sort of things. So we can kind of understand how, how the followers of Jesus may have felt in that moment. But they're there and they're with Jesus and then suddenly it's all over. It ends. And I can only imagine that their, their wonder and their surprise in that moment, Jesus is blessing them And then he just is taken into heaven. Oftentimes when we go through these experiences, these endings that we have, they don't often go smoothly or the way that we expect them to. And and oftentimes, as we are facing these moments, there's a little bit of pain. There's a little bit of disappointment that is attached to those moments. But this is what I want to encourage you with this morning. See, as we look at the story of the ascension, this moment that Jesus ascends into heaven, there is good news in this story. This is a good news story. 
And for you today, as we are coming to the end of 2020, I don't know what your 2020 has been like. I don't know if there's been a lot of pain or a little bit of discomfort. I don't know if you've experienced lots of disappointment or a little bit of disappointment. But what I want to encourage you with and why this is such a a good news story is that with Jesus, this was not an ending, but it was actually a beginning and so as we come to the end of 2020, you may, you may feel like you've got nothing left. You've put it all out there this year and you're just done. But with Jesus, there is always something more. This is not an end. This is a beginning. The Bible tells us that Jesus ascended to his throne. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the British monarchy, they've, they've been in the news the last couple of years, and so you, you may know who I'm talking about, but the British monarchy has what is called a coronation throne. There's a picture of it right there. And this, th- this throne is actually 700 years old, and every sovereign king or queen that has been installed as the king or queen has done so on this throne. Now, if we were visiting the Westminster Cathedral where this throne is kept, technically, you and I could actually ascend to that throne. We could walk up the steps, and we could go, and we could sit there in that throne, assuming, of course, that security didn't catch us and arrest us. And so if you ever try it, just tell them Pastor Jonathan told you to do it, all right? But but we could go, and we could sit on that throne, But here's the thing, just physically sitting on that throne isn't really going to make a big difference. It's not going to change anything. We could sit there and then get off and try to dodge security and go on with life and nothing changes. But to someone who is designated to ascend to the throne of England, this would mean that their whole entire relationship with the people of England would change because that person would go from being a single person who lives for the moment, but as they have ascended to that throne, they now become someone who is for all the people. Now, Jesus ascended to the throne of heaven. And as amazing as this story is to read, it's not some space travel that he was doing and it's not some kind of thing that he did for some dramatic effect although if that's what it was he was doing that was a pretty cool thing to do but that's not what was happening here you see Jesus's ascension was an acknowledgement of a change in relationship we just came through Christmas so we know that Jesus was born and he took on human body and a human form. And in doing so, he was able to know what it's like to be human. Jesus knows what it's like to be you. Jesus lived a perfect life. And in doing so, he fulfilled the requirements that God had for redemption. In other words, Jesus built the bridge, a bridge between humanity and God so that we would not feel distant or far from him, but that we could actually have access and relationship with God. And so through his living and his perfect life, he was able to build that bridge. 
Jesus died. But he was resurrected. He rose again. And in doing so, it means that he defeated death. Death no longer has power over him. And so when Jesus ascended to the throne of heaven, he takes everything that he did here on earth, his birth, his death, his resurrection, forgiveness, hope, and peace, and now applies it not just to one geographical location, but now he applies it to all of his creation. He applies a new beginning to everyone who chooses to believe in him. So no matter what your experience has been, no matter what you've gone through in your life, and maybe even feeling a little bit of shame or a little bit of guilt of of something that perhaps you've experienced or something that you've done, I want you to know that in this story today, in this scripture, Jesus offers you a new beginning. In Luke chapter 24, we see that Jesus is now on the throne of God. So what does that mean? What does that mean for you and what does that mean for me? Well, it actually means two things and I want to share them with you. The first thing it means is this, is that Jesus, because of this moment, is now closer to us. Now, I know you probably will look at me and say, Pastor Dennis, come on, you just read the scripture. We all read it. God has to repeat a few of those, those words. How can Jesus be closer if he was ascending? Seems like he is leaving. It seems like he is going far away, that he is distant from us. Well, the writer of Luke, of this gospel that we have been looking at, actually continues to write. He keeps writing. And he writes a book that we now call the Acts of the Apostles. And we discover that Jesus ascended into heaven and he left us his spirit. And yes, that is right. Jesus ascended into heaven, but he left us his spirit so that everyone, all people, whosoever will, could have Jesus all the time, everywhere, anywhere, in every conversation, in every situation, and in every circumstance. In fact, Jesus is actually not far away. In fact, he is now closer than ever before because he gave us his spirit. We call him the Holy Spirit, and he lives in us and through us. That's why in the ascension, and it's because of the ascension, that we can all say that God is with us and God is for us. It's the ascension that allows us to be able to know this and understand this and say it. So while on earth, Jesus had been limited to one physical body in one physical location. But now that he has ascended to the throne, his kingship is now without limitation. And that's the good news of the ascension. There is no absence of Christ. There's actually an increased heightened presence of Jesus. He is closer now than he has ever been. Physical barriers have been eliminated so that no matter where you are or what you're facing or what you're going through, Jesus is right there with you, walking with you, leading you, guiding you, helping you. Jesus is closer. That's the first thing. Here's the second. 
We are now closer. Jesus is closer, but now we are closer. This part of of Luke chapter 24 actually fascinates me. I love it. Because in the midst of, uh, of an unexpected ending, in the midst of radical change, perhaps even a disappointing moment, this is what we read. In that very last verse of the Gospel of Luke, it says that they worshipped him and then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all their time in the temple giving praise to God. That, that just fascinates me. Can you imagine? Take that and apply it to your situation. You've lost your job. How do you respond to that? You worship Jesus and you are filled with great joy. You go through a painful divorce, but you come to church praising God. You go through a a major health crisis or you come to the end of the year of 2020 and all of its craziness, but you choose to and you end it by worshiping God and giving thanks. How can you do this? How can anyone do this? Well, we find the answer right here in Luke chapter 24. You see, the ascension triggered something. It started something in Jesus' followers. And that thing that happened in them, what started in them can also start in you today. You see, the ascension of Jesus triggered three responses in Jesus' followers. And I want to share those three responses with you this morning. Here's the first response. They were filled with an increased confidence and joy. They saw Jesus die. But they also saw him resurrected and alive. And not in a grave, but free from the grave. They knew that one day, that's going to happen to all of us. It was going to happen to them. It's going to happen to you. It's going to happen to me. But the sting of death no longer had power over them. Unexpected endings no longer had power over them. This is why Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3 says of this of Jesus, the Emmanuel, God with us, that Jesus will give us a crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that we do not grieve like people who have no hope. Today, you might be standing in in the pile of ashes that was once your world. You might be mourning or grieving because of some great loss that you've experienced in your life or in this year, 2020. You might be looking at your past or looking at your present or your future and you feel despair knocking at the door. I want you to know this this morning, that Jesus gave us his spirit and his spirit is constantly directing us back to Jesus. Jesus gave us his spirit, but his spirit constantly redirects our focus back to him. Why is that? Because it's Jesus who wants to take the ashes of your life and build something beautiful out of it. 
It's Jesus who wants to take your pain and replace it with joy. It is Jesus who wants to look into the raging sea of despair and speak calm and peace into your soul. And when he does, there's a natural outcome of this, and it's an increased confidence and joy. Why is that? Because we begin to understand that it really doesn't matter what life throws at us. It doesn't matter. We can look at 2020 and think it was horrible and be fearful of 2021. But, we, but now we can begin to face it with increased confidence and joy that no matter what happens, we have Jesus walking with us, going through it all with us. We're not alone. There's an increased confidence and joy. Here's the second thing. The ascension sparked a clearer and nearer devotion to Jesus, expressed in their worship and in their praise. Worship is what allows us to overcome some of the fear and some of the disappointments that we face in life. Worship is a pathway that brings the kingdom of God to us. This is why we sing. This is why I'm so proud of our worship team who worked so hard to bring us to these moments where we can experience God, where we can lift our hands and worship our King. Worship allows us to capture a glimpse of who Jesus is, and it changes the orientation of what it is that we delight in because we begin to see he's not far away. He's actually close to us. We have this brand new devotion to Jesus. Now, if this is the first time that you have joined us here at One Church, and and this whole singing thing is kind of new to you, and it maybe even uh, makes you a little bit uncomfortable, don't worry about that. It's, It's not a problem, you see, because devotion is actually something that takes time to develop in us. It's something that that we discover as we grow and as we learn. Let me put it to you this way. My devotion to my wife is because, is because I have made her my one and only. There was a time when I would have had other relationships in my life. But as I have become devoted to her, there's an exclusivity that breeds intimacy. I become closer to her because she is the only one that I want to be married to. You see, there are things and people, though, that can sometimes get in the way, circumstances that might happen that cause disconnect and distance and separation. So sometimes in relationship, we need to be conscious of this, and I need to be conscious of this. Because when those moments are there, they can cause a lot of pain and a lot of disappointment if I give in to them. So if you're feeling today like Jesus is distant from you or that he's not near to you or close to you, what I would encourage you to do this morning is to take a a moment of reflection. Take some time today and, and begin to ask, what is going on in my life that maybe has distracted me, pulled my attention in another direction? Maybe it's that experience that you've been through, that painful experience or that situation that you've had to face this year and it's got your attention so much that you have no longer kept your attention on Jesus. I know how that feels. I've been there. 
I've been through circumstances that have, have so caught my attention that all of my energy was directed in that and in, into that situation. But this year, I made a conscious decision. I began to pray a prayer, a prayer that I have repeated many times throughout this year, and I want to share that prayer with you. This was the prayer that I would pray. I refuse to fix my eyes on the obstacle or the enemy, but instead elevate my gaze to Jesus. I will speak your words of life and truth, agreeing with you alone, believing that you are who you say you are and that you will do what you say you will do. You are faithful and you will come through because that's who you are and that is what you do. Friends, I can't encourage you enough to set your hearts and intention on Jesus because he is totally worth it. Develop that closeness with Jesus. Turn your gaze to him because the Bible promises us that when we draw close to him, he draws close to us. So we have these two triggers that takes place with the followers of Jesus. There's this increased confidence and joy, but then there's this increased devotion that happens within them in that moment of the ascension because Jesus now has given us his spirit. But notice this. Notice that there's also a third trigger, and it's this. Notice the increased mission. Look at those words again in, in chapter 24, verse 50. It says that they immediately went to Jerusalem. They went right into the city. They went from that moment, that unexpected ending, and they went into the city, not dejected, not downcast, but they went into the city full of joy, full of confidence, and full of devotion. You see, the ascension didn't create a group of people who just were clustered together or went out and retreated to be alone. But it created a group of people who were determined to live their lives like Jesus. A group of people who were determined to impact that city. And maybe little did they know at that moment, but not just to impact that city, but to impact the world. You see, there's something powerful that happens in the world around us when we allow the world to begin to see that Jesus has taken our ashes and made something beautiful out of them. There's something powerful that happens in our communities, in our neighborhoods, and the places that we live when people begin to see joy because we have allowed Jesus to take our pain and deal with it. There is something powerful that happens in our communities, in our lives, even in our families, when we allow the presence of God to calm us, even though there is chaos and the world feels totally out of control. You see, your story is what Jesus uses to be a light into this world. You see, it's through your Jesus story 
that we begin to experience that confidence and that joy and that increased devotion. And as a result, increased mission. Because the power of God is active and the Spirit of God lives in us and through us. Who would have known what this year, 2020, would have looked like? I remember a year ago, Pastor Jonathan, on this very weekend, uh, taught us and was teaching of us, teaching to us. And, and he said this statement. He said, you know, the new year coming, is, it's going to have pain in it. And probably, like me, you thought to yourself, oh, man, I, I don't want pain. I've had enough pain in my life. I don't want to think of pain in this coming year. But Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan said this. He said that there's going to be pain in your life, but it's your choice whether you allow it to shape you and change you and turn your focus towards Jesus. I mean, who would have known what pain we would have experienced in this past year? I remember that last year we, we were looking at 2020 and, and I heard statements that were floating around that would say things like, this is going to be the year of 2020 vision. We're going to have a better vision in life. We're going to be able to see things better than we've ever seen them before. Who would have known what that would have looked like 12 months ago? I think that we hoped for a new vision, but this is what I believe. I, I think it wasn't that God wanted to give us a new vision. I think God used this year to increase our vision for what is important to Jesus and important to the kingdom of God. This is why we launched Love Army this year because we have begun to realize that in this moment, in the season that we are in, we can impact the community around us by the acts of love that we do toward others. Some of those acts of love can be just simple things. Maybe other things might be more collective group events, but, but we can impact the world around us because now we have this, this increased confidence and joy. And because of that, this relationship that we have with Jesus is now increased in us. So we have this increased devotion. And because of that, because of our love for Jesus, man, we can look at a world that seem to just go off the rails in 2020. But our confidence is in Jesus and that increases the mission in us to say that I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to be focused on all of those things, but I turn my gaze to Jesus and I'm going to let his mission reign in my life. I don't know what your life has been like this year. I don't know if you're facing disappointment or pain. I don't know if that disappointment and pain has caused you to take a step back from Jesus. But I want to encourage you today, as we come to the end of this year, as we begin to look forward into a new year, I want to encourage you that this moment in Luke chapter 24 encourages us that we have an opportunity, an opportunity for a brand new beginning to enter into a fresh and new relationship with Jesus Christ. 
This is an opportunity for us to turn our two eyes towards the one who is Jesus and let him lead us and guide us and have that full confidence, joy, devotion, and mission as we do. What a way to end this year, don't you think? But even more importantly, what a way to begin a new year. Do you agree? Let me pray for you. Father God, one of the truths and realities of this year is that you have not left us. You have not forgotten us. You ascended into heaven, but you gave us your spirit. And I pray that your spirit would encourage us today. And my friends who have joined us this morning, I pray that there would be a new hope and a fresh new beginning. And I pray, oh God, that as we end this year and as we look to a year to come, may there be an increased confidence and joy. May our devotion to you, may our love for you be increased. And may the mission that you have placed before us increase in us. Jesus, we pray your kingdom come over our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.